Hey everybody, this is Brett with Indie Comics Dispatch. On this week's episode, Brian and I welcome Jason Pharaoh, creator of the character The Convictor, founder of Pharaoh Creative Studios, and also one of the founding members of the Savage Sandbox. We have a really great discussion about creative process, building a character, Kickstarters, and even how to start working with a distributor and forming a group of creators to do that with. It's a really great conversation. I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor, Comics Wellspring. Comics Wellspring is the leading comic book maker. They print custom comic books on high-quality comic paper with a variety of binding and gloss options available. Check them out at comicswellspring.com. That's comics with an X, just like it should be. Also, have you thought about becoming a patron? You can become a patron for as little as $3 a month and get access to exclusive content, digital comic books from indie creators, and a lot more. You can sign up at patreon.com slash indiecomicsdispatch and help support a nonprofit news source for the indie comic community. Without any further ado, here's this week's episode of Broadcast from the Dispatch. Hey everybody, this is Brett with Indie Comics Dispatch and broadcasting from an undisclosed location deep within the Milky Way galaxy, this is Broadcast from the Dispatch. Good evening, Brian. Good evening, Brett. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Um, actually, I'm not good. I that was yeah, that right. was a lie. That was a false face lie. Um, I got COVID again for the second time in six months. It fucking sucks. Um, but I'm I'm getting better. Um, it's just been a rough week. I'm gonna say I think I like your post COVID voice better than your normal voice. Like it sounds mm-hmm. more. Uh... I don't know, little, ominous or something. A little more soulful. <laughs> exactly, right? Right? See? My, um, make sure you sprinkle some COVID on you every couple of weeks, man. <laughs> My boss called me this morning, or he, he texted me to see if he could call me because he knows I've been sick. So he's like, you know, I don't want to disturb you. Is it okay if I call you? I was like, yes, but know that I sound like a late night soul DJ radio <laughs> station guy. Um, so yeah. he, I think he thought I was joking. And then when I picked up the phone, it was like, hello. Cause in the morning it was even worse. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> uh, he was like, Oh, you weren't joking. <laughs> <I was>, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but COVID sucks. And uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about uh, that. I'm going to say I'm an apex predator. I wouldn't know about that. I guess I'm very <sighs> blessed and lucky two years. I'm I straight. Wish. I'm good. It's, it's amazing. You know, I, look, some of us are built with the super soldier serum and others yeah. of us are you. And so, Others of us have okay. seven little microbe 
<laughs> rugrats who bring shit home. My yeah. son brought it home the first time six months ago, and my daughter was the first one sick this time, so I'm blaming it on her. Um, uh, teenagers. Ouch. Yeah. So, um, since last we were on, last time we were on, you weren't here, I don't think. Um, no. I think uh, you were on another show. You were with um, Grandmaster Facts, I think. Yes, um, I was. Yes, yes, yes. Which um, is always um, a great time. Up, Grandmaster Facts is awesome. So, I'm always about that. Yeah. Um, but you, we you right had a campaign wrap-up. Yeah, yeah. We were right at the end of it last time we were on. Uh, we were right at the end of Justice Number 3, which wrapped up successfully. Uh, we did like uh like two times the goal which is always great right uh that means we can produce other things and uh very soon i'll be able to show like people the wingless entertainment side of of wingless entertainment as opposed to just comics so that's really cool continuing the story of justice number three is also really dope um the nightfall trade paperback is almost done i'm almost ready to send it to the printers i'm just waiting for like two or three pages colored pages back um and that'll be a uh um That'll be back to us. I also have a really good, I don't know if it's a surprise at this point, but um, there's a really great artist. His name is Philip Boutte, um, and he's worked on basically every comic book movie you've ever seen. He's wow. done uh, character designs, costume designs, like all this stuff. He's a really, really great artist. I actually happened to go to, uh, we went to junior high school together. Oh, so cool. we've known each other for, you know, many, many, many years. Uh, and so he's going to be writing the forward for Nightfall. So I'm very, you know, honored for that to be the case. And, you know, um, it's just been a great time. Also, I'm going to mention it, right? I got my backsplash, and usually right. I'm a little bit more organized in this, but I just got my PlayStation 5 in today. Oh. I didn't get a new end table, so I got to get my new setup. Um, so I get some LEDs behind there and really get everything going. I do see it back there. You didn't yeah. tell me about that. I see it back yeah. there now, though. Yeah, yeah, man. You got you to gotta treat yourself sometime, right? <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Also, well, you have some, you have some wingless news that oh, I think is very dude. important. I mean, um, I do too. This isn't the wingless show, but we both create for wingless comics, so it kind of is the wingless show sometimes. Sometimes, right? Um, it's our show. We can do whatever the hell we want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna drop it in the link. Um, I don't have my screenshot to share, but we launched the um, we we set up the pre-launch page for the Immortalis issue one um, campaign. We don't go live to like August, um, probably middle of August to be honest, um, but. Um, the the page is up i think we're at 34 uh, followers right now i'd love to get it a little bit higher than that i think my goal is 100 by the time we launch and i think we can definitely smash that um, i definitely think we're good 100 um the product itself is good uh, and i'm not just saying that because it's like something that 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 when you edited publishing and, right i wasn't gonna say that part <laughs> man but um uh historical fiction is really fun uh, integrating it into the wing versus really fun. And I think it's something that we kind of, I always say this, right. But I feel like it's another thing we kind of haven't seen in comics recently. Yeah. Uh, so it's really, really fun. And I think I you're agree. doing a great job. So and I can't wait to um, get some of the art for it out there. The the cover we will release the cover. We just um, kind of got a surprise special edition cover um, that um, we're not going to release yet. We're going to save that. Um, but, and then um, some of the page work will be coming soon. We've got a great art team on it. I feel like, um, yeah, Raul Roke and Michael Woods are fantastic together. Um, and so I think it's going to be really cool, really fun. Yeah, yeah. You got some really great stuff coming. So it's, uh, I think people are just really going to like it. You know what I mean? Honestly, like I said, it's a little bit different, but uh, also something that they can be used to. So I think it's going to be Definitely. really great. Um, I do want to say, um, hey, we have a Patreon. 
you can support us on Patreon. We're we're up to so we have this goal. It's been an old goal, but I really want twenty patrons. Um, when we get to that point, things are pretty easy at that point. Um, for us financially, we we can promote posts that are all ultimately pr promoting other indie comics. Um, posts, uh, creators, uh, content, uh, you know, press releases, interviews, stuff like that. We can um promote posts to get more views on creators works um and stuff like that so okay if you're not already a patron go to patreon.com slash indie comics dispatch you can sign up as little as three dollars a month uh we're posting um patron exclusive content um creator tips digital comics you really get a good mix of things that are both for fans and creators alike um so if you're not a patron and you have three dollars extra a month to spare maybe consider doing that. Um, I do want to give our patrons a quick shout out. We have Ben Paranoid American, Thomas at Paranoid American to be specific, John Constant, Brandon DePillis, Celeste Cornish, Dan Schmidt, Alec, uh, Jason, Brandon Foster, Aaron Guzman, Brian Lambert, and Quentin Rushing. Thank you to our 12 patrons. And we're looking for one or two more, hopefully really soon, so we can get, keep moving towards that um, goal of having 20 patrons. Um, I also could not um, go on without mentioning our first corporate sponsor, Comics Wellspring. Um, Comics Wellspring, you can look them up at comicswellspring.com. They are just a great, great resource for the indie comic community. That's how we kind of hit it off to begin with, um, was talking about this, the resources that we both provide in comics, this passion comics wellspring for the indie comic community. Eventually they were like, Hey, we want to sponsor you now that you're a 501 C three. And we said, Hey, we want you to sponsor us now that we're a 501 C three. So there they sponsor us. Um, you can look them up. We got some, uh, they, Dan from, um, comics wellspring shared a great little, um, ad that we'll be running in future shows from them once they get it formatted and it's going to be really cool. And they got some really cool things coming down the road. And, um, I'm really excited to be partnering with them. Um, they are a phenomenal resource for the indie comic community. So if you don't know much about them, look them up. Comics Wellspring, comics with an X, like it should be spelled. So also, Brett has yes. to be the nice one because this is his company, his 5013C, as he likes to remind everyone. I'm super proud of him. But creators out there, um, put your money where your mouth is. A lot of us use Indie Comics Dispatch as a resource for our press releases, uh, for campaign boosts, for all these different things. Uh, I was one of the first patrons because of that, right? Because mm -hmm. I knew I was going to use mm -hmm. this resource. So in order to have these resources and to keep them strong, we need to actually also put into those resources. So creators, if you're looking for, for ways to expand your reach and expand your audience and expand this Indie Comics community itself, uh, the Patreon is one great, great way, and it's super inexpensive, and it's super helpful. Thank you, Brian. I do appreciate that. And that's true. And you will we'll post your stuff no matter if you're a patron or not. Um, if We're not posting if you're not a patron anymore. We are. Um, I'm responsible for posting, it. not Brian. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, But so if you have a press release, if you have something going on, send send us a write-up. We'll do our best to, to post it. Um, what, what I don't like getting in the email, this is just a word of warning, is, hey, we have this thing going up. Here's my link. Like, uh, that gets hard for me to post. If I get five of those a day, that gets really hard for me to pull the information. You'd send me the information you want me to post and I will post it. Um, there's a lot of news going on right now. Um, and so we, we've been posting a lot. Um, today I, I did take off from posting just because I slept really late today trying to recover. Um, but other than that, we've been posting a ton of stuff lately. And so be on the lookout for that. Send us your stuff. Send us your content. We'll post it. About 5,000 unique people a month go to the website looking for indie comic um, content. And so we, we post it. 
Brian, would you like to introduce this week's guest? Uh, yes, I actually really, really would. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, at this point, I'm not even sure how Jason and I met. Obviously, in this indie comics community, there's like a lot of just talk, cross talk back and forth, and, and, and people talking about their campaigns and showing characters. Jason and I hit it off immediately. He's a really, really great guy, uh, a great resource for intellectual conversation, um, for crotchety conversation, for comic book knowledge, uh, laughs. And he is definitely a person that anybody in the indie comics industry, if he's your friend, you can literally go into battle with this guy. And I don't mean like the figurative way, like we always say it because we're a bunch of comic book nerds. I mean, no, no, literally, like this dude is an operator. This dude is a total badass. Um, he's a comic book geek, a comic book nerd, and just one of the most solid guys I've ever met in my life. Um, I really consider him a, a true friend, even across East Coast and West Coast. Uh, and so without further ado, the creator of Convictor, uh, Jason Farrell. Wow, I don't know what to say after that awesome introduction. Oh, That's the best one I ever got. <laughs> I didn't even get to say a uh, master of the savage sandbox or something. You know, I was gonna yeah, get, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The, you know, I'm just a partner. But uh, <laughs> what's up? Hey, thanks for having me, Brett. And no Brian problem, and, Jason. And, and, Welcome and, back and, to the dispatch. Yeah, you were you were on one of our earlier guests, really. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. And so we did an interview with you. Um, and so welcome back. Glad to have thanks. you, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Long overdue. Glad to be back. Uh, so yeah so tell us about go. you tell us about you and and what all you have going on brian mentioned some of it but give it give us the deep dive uh well uh let's see the deepest dive i just wrapped up my my second books campaign and you know we had it's 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 like a if i don't run a campaign and i don't have like major hurdles you know what i mean like is it even a campaign for me at this point <laughs> like it just seems like that's what i what happens to me and uh but we got through it and, you know, but I think everyone's, I think as a whole, I've seen a lot of Kickstarters and stuff that are having, you know, not all of them, you know, but a lot, mm -hmm. having a lot of, you know, issues with, yeah. you, know, you know, fulfillment or, you know, uh, you know, artists being overbooked, people that are, you know, mm -hmm. on the books and then, you know, paper supply issues. And then there's all that kind of stuff that was also trickling down into the community now. Uh, so, you know, we, we face some that and, but we got through it, and so we just wrapped that up. And yo, what's up, Dan? We just wrapped that up, and you know, I had a vacation planned with my uh, daughter. She turned twelve, my youngest daughter, and uh, so we took her. Just got back from Florida, uh, and so now it's fulfillment time. So I was waiting on because we had these. I'm not that I'm trying to. We had these ash cans made that were oh, like cool. my old convictor store. Yeah, it's hard to say, but my old convictor stories that I made when i was in the 90s when i was a you know teenager and uh so these these things right here kind of inspired my resurgence book mm -hmm. and so i was waiting on these to come because i didn't want to send out any uh packages without this because i feel you could read this side by side with my latest book because you could see where it came from really the latest book came from these stories right and so i was waiting on it and they gave me a shipping date and I was like, oh, perfect. It'll be here before I go on vacation. Excellent. I can get a few packages out. You know, we got the digital rewards out to everybody, but I want to get a few physicals before I left. And uh, and so it's like two days before the scheduled date I was supposed to get them. So I reached out to the company. I don't know if I should. This is the first time I've used this company, by the way. So they had really great rates. And the shipping gave me a solid shipping date. And uh, so I reached out. I'm like, hey, uh, just curious. I didn't get a tracking. You know, I know you're in the Chicago area and why have, you know, why haven't got a tracker? 
oh, well, we moved your shipping date to the 21st. Hmm. I'm like, all right. So, Brian, you know me better than most. <laughs> you can just imagine where this went. So uh, I said, I'm like, well, how come I had to reach out to you for this mm -hmm. information? I'm like, this is a business. You know, I'm trying to fulfill things for, and one of the reasons why I approached your company, yeah, your prices were good, but really it was you gave me a shipping date. Then they went into the whole, uh, you know, paper shortages and it wasn't estimated the date was not estimated mm -hmm. that that's the first thing i checked out when i when i went there it was an estimated date uh so that that really you know it really left the bad taste in my mouth and i had said to them i said you know this is like a first trial run because i liked your prices i like the fact that you could print an ash can size and mm -hmm. and your turnaround was fast i said first first impressions being what they are you know i could have just went to my local staples and had this done Mm -hmm. you know but i chose not to right because everyone's you know you try to support businesses and stuff not the big box stores and so it, needless to say i will not be using them again so but so this <laughs> arrived while i was on vacation so now now i i know i i have to go and start you know you know but i'm glad they're here they're not as great as i would want them to be but it is what it is. Learning, learning, le lesson learned. <laughs> and uh, well, and and when you call it an ash can, you can get away with slightly lower quality. Right, yeah. right. And, I it, mean, and like I said, the artwork I literally scanned for my original artwork. I didn't touch it up. I didn't do anything to it. I put it just because so, it. A lot of my old ash cans that I had made as a kid got destroyed in Hurricane Sandy. Mm -hmm. uh, like I had, I had boxes of artwork, and just you know, a tree went through the garage it was in, and just saturated everything because I was unfortunately on duty so i wasn't i uh at my facility i was there for 36 hours i wasn't able to come home and my wife was not here so like a lot of stuff got destroyed for us and and uh and i lost a lot of those ash cans and i'm really upset and i was able to salvage these ones and they have a lot of water damage on this stuff but i said you know what that's history so i put them i scanned them just the way they were i didn't touch them up and uh, so, yeah, you're right. You're right, Brett. You can, as an ash can, you kind of get away with it. It's literally <laughs> just to show you where my new story came from. That's all it's really for. So I, so I just came off that, like I said, I just came off that campaign. So I'm excited to fulfill it. Uh, other than that, work wise and stuff like that, I'm just, just doing my part. So that's all. It's okay. just, you know, it's just all I do. And uh, before so I let Brian get, get in here. I, I just want to say I love the idea. You're, I think, the second person I've seen do it, taking the old artwork and printing it as like a campaign bonus. Like I love that of showing like where something came from, showing the yeah. passion from the early days. And I, I just I love that. I think that's a really cool. It idea. was important to me because literally the the resurgence book, like you know, this book, literally this book was is that story. I had two mm -hmm. specific stories with commictor facing uh you know uh, a you know the tridents gang in, in my universe facing two set sets of them that i made in the 90s so i wanted to do this book so i smashed these two sets of uh, gang members together and it went from being commictor fighting just three on one and four on the other and the other story no now there's nine of them so i i really painted myself in a corner just alone just doing trying to do that for the comic <laughs> and try to keep track of all these bodies uh but yeah, so I, it was important for me to have that because I wanted to show that a lot of the same action, uh, Brian. Obviously, you've seen you've seen it. Mm -hmm. Brian's one of the people I bounced it off of. Uh, um, so you see that the action, the literal action in this book is it's pretty much panel by panel taken from. When I say action, I actually mean kills. 
but it's literally taken <laughs> panel by panel from this ash can. And, uh, and, a lot, and a lot of the story is similar. Like I drew so much for it that it was important for me. And I was glad we made that as a stretch goal. It was important for me to give that to the backers, to our physical backers. So I was pretty happy that we made that. That's really cool. See, I told you I could talk a lot. <laughs> so, so, so i got i got two things right so yep. you and i both know that i'm a big easter egg guy mm-hmm. so i see one above your what is that your right shoulder or is that your left shoulder dude you're talking about the smiley face smiley face yeah, i was gonna ask her about yeah, that yeah, too yeah, i was yeah, gonna yeah, ask her yeah, about yeah. that too i love i love it <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't that's miss just that. yeah that's just to remind me that you know we're I've, you know i'm hoping because i'm starting Believe it, and this is the new thing for me. I'm actually starting my next book, the Unhinged book, the follow-up, the resurgence. I'm actually, it's like literally a direct sequel. It takes place, you know, just like days after resurgence. And uh, it, um, it's to help. I'm shooting for a September, October because I, I just, I'm just so gun shy now because my last two campaigns were unforeseen circumstances and very late. And, and then I, and you mentioned you had COVID. I had gotten it too in January. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, but it was just, you know, Brian's talking about his super soldier serum and all that. And uh, for me, uh, you know, it was literally just sniffles. It was, you know, and uh, my wife, who's a nurse, uh, she's like, you have, you know, because everybody it ran through my job, right? Because I work with on a team. And so she's like, you have to get tested. And I'm like, ah, it's just sniffles. It was literally just sniffles and a headache. Yeah, I, mean, I have that a million times a year, especially with allergies. I've seen, you know, year, year round allergies. So she takes the test. She goes, see, you had it. I'm like, man, two years. I had a good run. <laughs> I had a good run. And I caught, yeah, I caught it because some guy was, some guy on my team was out drinking with Russians. So, and I'm not, and not because I'm not saying anything political. I'm not saying because of world events. I'm just saying that's literally what he, he said. Yeah. So there, uh, you know, so, yeah, so I'm, I was, little, so I want to, my, I'm switching to digital because I do do traditional art and, mm-hmm. um, it takes a lot of time traditionally uh, for me. It's, uh, you know, I have a, you know, a full-time job like all of us do. You know, I, I work 12 hours a day, 13 hours, 13 hours a day, you know. And so I, if I could save a step, because right now when I do my artwork, it's, you know, pencils, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then you, you know, then you, God forbid, you have to race or whatever, and then it's inks and stuff. So if I could save a step digitally, I'm going to, I'm going to try. Thanks, Dennis. I'm gonna to try to uh, I'm gonna to try to do this one digitally. Plus, I want to learn the medium. I, I have done some digital artwork. I just want to see what it's like. But I'm gonna miss having the artboards when I'm done. Like that's my favorite thing of being a traditional artist. I have binders that are literally these comic books, you know. So, but I'm gonna try. It. Hopefully, it makes it go a little quicker. And I don't want to, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to count my chickens for the hatch. So let's see what happens. <laughs> so we're shooting for fall. As that helps. So. Nice, nice. The other thing that I always loved about Convictor itself, and we've again we've talked. I think we talked about this last time on the dispatch is the fact that it's very, like you said, you started in the '90s, and I always felt like it's very um, Eastman and Laird inspired in terms of like Most feel definitely. and yep. kind of mode and kind of updating that yep. um, till now. So what's what's that? What's that process and that mindset like for you? I originally, uh, the convictor was something that, uh, believe it, like I was like, I was like 10 or awesome, Brad, it's coming, I promise. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I was like, I think I was like 10 or 11. A friend of mine drew me a Punisher in like middle school, gave it to me. I was like, oh, this is cool, you know. 
that punch is cool. And then I was like, what if I just move the skull from his chest to his face? You know, so I kind of play with that. So, you know, fast forward. Uh, you're right. Lisa Millard is a massive influence to me because I didn't know what indie comics were. It was either Marvel or DC when I was a kid, right? And I remember going to the bookstore, a comic book store, you know, your parents, you know, you get your allowance, you go like, all right, I'm buying a comic. I saw this black and white comic book, like, you know, this, this Ninja Turtles. I'm like, what the? It was like 86 or whatever. I'm like, what the hell was a Ninja Turtle, right? I look at it, blew my mind. It was like, it was because it wasn't Marvel and it wasn't DC. So I was like, wow, I, I was so immersed into the Ninja Turtle stuff that, you know, that my character was already had a lot of influences from Snake Eyes and Daredevil and stuff like this. And then after the Ninja Turtles, I'm like, oh no, he needs tassels on his mask. You know, so that, that's where that, you know, that's where that came from. And, and so he kind of grew with it. And yeah, I really cut my teeth on those books. Um, and, I've and I always take that as a massive compliment because I it, I am absolutely what's up Gary I am absolutely uh they they definitely steer how I am like there's other stuff that influenced you know McFarlane of course later on with all the detail work that he does like if you notice anything about my art I very much like putting grit I call it grit everything's got grit on it there's like specks and scratches and I just I just just to build depth on whatever you do and uh also uh, another influence was if anybody's familiar with the Faust comics, like <laughs> Faust, like are hardcore, like that's like black and white, and that really steered me from a particular genre where I went into, wow, ultra violence. You know, comics are violent sometimes, but Faust comics are like ultra violent. So you know, I started adding curse words and all that stuff in the nineties, and uh, you know, and uh, so yeah, it's so So right now, I like I. I pull all these influences and for me, the convictor, like, like you said, he's, he's definitely an amalgam of these things for sure. And I want, you know, I may have created him, but I really cut my teeth and really developed who he is now in the nineties. And everyone, you know, I've got a lot of compliments that the convictor is very nineties esque, mm -hmm. and I'm like, good. Cause that's what I want. And that's what resurgence is a very similar to a nineties, a nineties ultra violence. Kind of, uh, uh, it's not Hunter's Moon. I try telling everybody that. I'm like, Hunter's Moon was kind of for the kids. And, uh, and uh, this is not. It even comes with a warning label. So <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's a little, well, Brian, you know, it's a I was like, little. I really, uh, I've read it. I don't know if <laughs> yeah. little is. Uh... <laughs> I, you know, I, I said, I turned, you know, I literally turned everything up about six or seven notches. <laughs> and because uh, it's the way, if you look at my older book, my Ashcans, that's how it was. So I kind of wanted to get back to that because that felt like home for me. Uh, Hunter's Moon, I was kind of pressured a little bit because it took this resurgence was supposed to be my first book, but Hunter's Moon kind of grew on its own. Uh, from we did, you know, with some stuff on Instagram and just kind of grew a story out of it and it kind of took a life on its own. So I ran with it because it was popular. Uh, and I'm very proud of that story. Uh, just the fact that I created a story literally out of thin air pitting my action anti-hero kind you know guy against you know you know a werewolf for gosh sakes and uh so that was i'm proud of the writing in that because i was able to create something that fit my universe uh so that's where i'm you know it's kind of where i'm at now with resurgence it's that's the level you can expect going forward of those books mm. uh they're definitely violent and just to bring that the convictor can't he this man can't be running around with a sword and all the stuff he has and all this stuff he can't be doing without being violent 
you know what I mean? So I need to show that. I wanted, I want an impact in the comic. Uh, I like to think I did it. And, you know, I want people to be surprised when they see the turn the page and see that, you know, oh my God, I didn't think he was going to do that. Or, wow, that was really graphic, <laughs> you know? And uh, so, yeah, that's why I'm um, so unhinged. The next book, the follow-up, the resurgence is m most certainly because of the main villain going to be that, and I, I guess I'm going to date myself and a bag of chips. And uh, <laughs> wow. you did. I brought it. That's right. Yeah. yeah we're talking <laughs> 90s, aren't we? I didn't, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it's like, it's literally up in that ante because of our, our, our yeah, the, the true, uh, the true anti, you know, the true nemesis to the convictor has appeared now in my books. And uh, so I need to up that. So I'm always using, going to use that as an excuse to try to up my game. So. So I want to ask you a question, Jason, because like yeah. um, I, I'm writing my first, I've written my first, the script's done. Mm -hmm. I get to hand that off, you know, because I'm no artist at all. I get to hand that off. And so there, there's plus, I feel like there's an emotional way that I get to hand off at the end of that. You're in it. You're your artist, your yeah. writer, you, you carry the whole load. So how is that for you? How do you how do you balance it? Like it's it's rough uh it, it's rough in the sense that sometimes my my brian knows we've talked about this my books always grow pages because <laughs> i'll write an outline and then i'll write a rough script and then i'll fine tune the script you know then no problem it looks everything looks great when it's scripted out but now i'm the artist so if i mm -hmm. hand it off to another artist yeah he's gonna follow the script but i'm the artist and it's mm -hmm. my character and it's my world so when i'm drawing it i happens more times than i'd like to say i get to a thing and i was like you know what this needs another panel this action or maybe it needs another page uh, because i wanted to really because you know when you write something looks one way but you really want to sell impact or you want to sell the, the the just the action right mm -hmm. uh so that happens a lot to me that is i don't know if it's to anybody else any other creators that are writers and artists of their own stuff out there but i could tell you it happens to me a lot and uh and sometimes, like I said, and it, it sometimes it helps pacing and sometimes it, you know, it can bog it down and you got to find that line and you have to go back and look at it. So I'm famous for doing three or four rewrites of something or adding pages. I never take pages out. My book's always, I'm like, ah, it's going to be like 32 pages oh, or 36 or oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Victor punched this guy enough in the face. So that's like, that's basically how it goes. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's, that's what it is for me as a, as a, as the writer and artist uh you know so but it is satisfying to when i when it's done and i look at it and i you know and i guess you know that that's me you know i mean i did that i mean i didn't color it now i don't i know my limitations and that's right. certainly one of them um someday i'll get that around to doing that but yeah so that that's how i feel about it uh and i'm sure if i just hand off one of my previous scripts it'd get it would get done but i I'm my own worst critic, like anybody that's an artist, right? Anybody mm -hmm. that's a creator, you're never satisfied with your product. And I think that's what keeps your edge, you know, that, you know, yet yeah, I had to teach myself through Hunter's Moon that good enough is fine. Right. Because I end up beating myself into it really up about trying to make it perfect. Instead, I'm trying to make it perfect so everyone else will think it's perfect if I think it's perfect. You know, and I think that's the bane of most creators 
Mm-hmm. And so I had to understand like when it's good is good enough. Right? It's never going to be perfect because you're never going to be happy as a creative, right? Uh, so that's, I, I learned that through Hunter's Moon and it was a lot. I applied it mostly through this book, <laughs> so, you know, but I did my best. <laughs> I so that. I, wait, wait a minute. I got to do my, I want to do my bread voice. So <laughs> now, um, making fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to talk hey, about uh, Savage Sandbox a little bit, right? Um, yeah, sure. Because you uh, obviously have creators that, well, I know Brett knows, you know. Everybody may not know them, but they're they're people who have been in the industry a while and putting out some pretty good product. So, what was the uh, pathos for creating the Savage Sandbox, um, and, uh, and and what are you guys' next moves? Well, okay, uh, Savage Sandbox was actually a kind of a joke in a sense. It, I early on, I uh, like you, Brian. You had said how we had met. I think we met very early on in Instagram when I first brought the character to Instagram, and I had. I was years from making a book, but I was, I was always drawing the convictor and I was always showing people what he looks like. And I was telling, you know, I was very detailed about his background because again, I have 38 years of this character in my skull. So, you know, I could pretty much say, I, I, not pretty much, I can tell you anything about his world and him. And uh, so, yeah, I was doing that. And that's how we met. And at the same time, I had met uh, Jesse Bear uh, with for Burlap, the Burlap comic series. I had met Jesse around the same time, my early Instagram days, and we became like like you and I did, Brian. We became very, very, very fan because there was some similarities between the convictor and burlap, you know, uh, that we that we that realized. So we were just talking and eventually, you know, there was uh there was this Jesse was wanting to talk about maybe doing a crossover at some point where burlap and convictor, you know, two violent characters. You know what could go wrong uh so you know we talked about it and you know he's under covenant comics and i'm under my own imprint so jesse had to be careful with you know even though it's a creator-owned property and it's his own ip he had to be you know it couldn't be tied to the covenant universe you know it'd be a story within itself right you know how all that fun stuff right obviously just coming out of a crossover yourself you know exactly what i'm talking about so mm-hmm. we uh so we were talking and it was like, okay, well, we have to name this little pocket universe where this happened, you know? And, uh, so we were talking and originally I, I told, I called it cause we were trying to keep a hush hush. We were just, just, it was literally just lip service. It just talk, Right. But I, I called it secret squirrel bullshit. I said, we got to keep this some, some secret squirrel bullshit. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, we laughed and whatever. So SSB kind of, you know, I, I, you know, I put it in Hunter's Moon, you know, it's one of it's SSB actually in the convictor verse is one of our broadcast news services, the stars and stripes bold. Um, but I added that into the universe just so I can have it there. Right. Again, Easter eggs. I love Easter eggs. You can't touch one of my books without tripping over them. Yeah. Um, so that's what we talked about. And then we, we talked more about it and we brought in Chris, uh, Chris Michael from or Chris Elhoff from Homebrew Comics. And he, you know, he came in and we were talking. And so we kind of said, why don't we just call it Savage Sandbox? Because, you know, there's there's a lot of similarities with Convictor and Caliber too. Like not not in the sim with his character, not in the similarities like that, but Caliber, if you've seen anything familiar, obviously you guys are familiar with the Homebrew Comics. Caliber is literally runs off at the mouth of the character. Like he constantly is sarcastic and has shit to say uh now now the convictor if you read any of my books you're lucky you get 
four or five word balloons out of him for the whole book. He doesn't really say. He does most of his talking, you know, with his actions. And uh, so, you know, we were talking about maybe having a buddy cop kind of thing, you know, or at some point, you know, just, just all again, all just stuff we were just kicking around. And uh, so anyway, that's where the Savage Samus originally started. It was Jesse Bear, uh, myself, and Chris Michael. And it was just what it was. It wasn't really anything but a, just a place for creators to spitball. That's what it was. And uh, and then it kind of grew from there because Chris is very business minded. Uh, he is literally the brains behind the, anything that we're doing business wise. He is. He's the dude. And um, yeah, so we were you know just talking and you know and they kind of grew. Obviously, I came into it, so I you know Dennis Valencia followed me because he's you know he's one of our. He's one of he's one. He does amazing covers for me, and he's obviously an amazing friend of mine. So he 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 you know he came he came in with it, and then you know so we kind of grew. It was organic. It was definitely organic. And then one day we all sitting around like, why don't we try to make this a you know kind of like not an imprint, you know, because we all have our individual imprints, right? So we wanted to make it a. Uh, like distribution, Chris is like, well, I work for Golden Distribution. I can get us. They're looking to get in the comics right now because originally in the D and D and role playing games. And Chris is like, they want to make a hard move to comics, you know. And they knew Chris was an artist, so they approached Chris. And Chris is like, actually, I have these X amount of creators. So it kind of organically just grew into this just, just hodgepodge of, you know, we got, you know, get our boys from Australia, and you got, you know, and, you know. Me, uh, Jerry from E4 Comics is in New York. I'm mm-hmm. in Jersey. Uh, you obviously we have Drew. Drew is Indiana, uh, and you know you got Chris is from North Carolina. You have Dennis is from South Carolina. Uh, we have I said we have Slate Boys. Uh, you know we have Jerry Cooley now who's from uh, Mississippi, and uh, so yeah, so we're just we just grew into this thing. And I always tell people at Comic Cons and stuff, and they ask what the Savage Sandbox is. I'm like. Think image comics, but not as cool or or influential. <laughs> that's what I tell everybody. I said, and I, and I said, and hopefully without the infighting. That's, that's, that's what we try to tell people. And uh, you know, so it's just. And Chris really got us a lot of awesome distribution channels. Chris is like super motivated. Uh, he's very business minded, mm-hmm. and he his hustle is real when it comes to that. And everything that we have distribution wise is literally from Chris. It you know it without doubt and we had some shifting in members some you know people had moved on and you know that happens with anything but but uh, yeah so that's where we're at it's just something that grew like that and it and it just all 100 organic all of it and uh, and it just so we don't know where it's going we'd like you know just we're just it helps us distribution it helps our get our books and comic shops and stuff like that which is you know that's the goal i think for anybody really you want to be in a you know uh, uh you know, local comic shop. So mm-hmm. that's where we're heading. But we're just trying to. I'm glad you asked about Savage Inbox, Brian, because I was going to ask. And I, I've seen a lot of, um, not a lot, but a handful of other similar people try to start a, a thing like this. And yeah. it either falls apart or they kind of are stuck in this constant loop of reinventing themselves or, yeah. you know, yeah. I, t- 
not looking for drama here, but how do you? It's, we're we're all creators. There's all egos, I like right? Drama. Brian knows that. That's yeah. Good. I was like, oh, we're not. We're yeah. once we're not looking for drama. What is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, creators well, have egos. Yeah, if we're creators not doing drama, I'm leaving. Okay, right. sorry. So, so we'll do drama. Um, creators have egos. Like, yeah. How do you guys keep it in check as a as I, a group? I think. Uh, our number one concern when we got together was we weren't really looking to smash our universes together. That's not what we were trying to do. Crossovers were, of course, were, were talked about. Um, and if we ever do anything in the Savage Sandbox, we've kidded about at the, you know, once we're more, you know, we feel like we have more steam under, you know, behind us. Maybe once at the end of the year, we'll do like an annual, mm. you know, type of thing mm. where maybe you have like a, 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 a crossover and uh you know but we have to be careful because we don't want to oversaturate our characters for their own universes and have the same crossover the same characters and so there's a lot of we have a lot of real discussions like that and our discussions are based on worst case scenarios too we talk about and i mean that's just the nature of my employment my real world employment like we you know so we talk about that a lot as because not everything is daisies and everything is flowers it's not and you can't go like that with some of, you know, these other groups. I don't know how their discussions work, whether reinventing or whatever, rebranding, whatever they're doing. For us, we talk worst case. We talk about how could this be terrible? How could it get terrible? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I like to think that for the most part, we don't have a lot of egos in the group. And I think we are very select on who we bring in. Um, and we only try to keep the circle small. If there's an opening, if somebody leaves, then we, you know, we look out and bring, you know, we, we have, and all of our discussions are community based. Uh, there's, you know, yes, as a partner, cause we are a, a LLC as a partner, we can, I, you know, one of the partners, we can override, you know, junior members decisions, but we don't want to be that way. You know what I mean? We try to have, everyone has a say in the savage sandbox and, when we talk about bringing somebody in, we have a group chat and we talk. What do you think about this person? You know, and we hear the pros, we hear the cons, and and realistically, we vote. And uh, and I think that's what keeps us real. Like, I, it's not one person calling the shots. Do you have partners, three part? Yes, you do. And everybody else is a member, as a junior. You do, but we don't act like that. I don't mm-hmm. want to come in here and be like, well, I'm, you know, at, you know, they call me SSB Prime. But you know, I know it's just I mean I don't you know, or I don't go in there and say, Hey, you know, this is you know, put my foot down or and stuff like that. No, I don't want to do that because I want everyone to have a voice because that is a true partnership. And I think that if you start stepping on toes, you start getting resentment and things like that. So we try to steer and we do use these other groups as unfortunately cautionary tales. We do view them as such. And uh but we're not we're not trying again. We're not trying to smash our universe together. We're not trying to oversaturate our characters amongst each other. We like the separateness of, it, you know. And uh, again, it's really just for distribution. We all have our own imprints, and we all have our own way we're moving in our own universes and stuff. That you know, it's hard. You you start pushing that stuff together, and then you're creating rules that you're going to have to live by. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of the rules of your universe, now I'm going to have to live a rules by you know, eight other guys universes. If we, if we don't have a, you know, if we start deciding that they all live in a shared reality. So mm-hmm. uh, I yeah, think we didn't want to do that. 
I think you, if you're listening to this on the podcast or you're listening to this live, go back and listen. Because Jason, if you have any idea of doing something similar, Jason just dropped a lot of wisdom in that fairly short answer that I think a lot of groups and a lot of um, um, conglomerates of creators could really learn from. Um, so I, I lift the Savage Sandbox up as a great example of how to do what you guys yeah we're doing. not trying to we're not trying to be image we're just trying to just you know yeah. we're just yeah yeah we don't yeah i don't nobody and we i think the other thing is too we keep each other in check mm -hmm. like that's another thing like if somebody's getting a little bit big for their britches which actually hasn't happened but we there is a lot of uh sophomore kind of stuff that goes on just that you know it just keeps we try to keep it light and uh we don't try to uh you know, we really don't try to be so heavy on what we're doing, but and I think that's part of our success, honestly. I think that we're all single-minded, everything's discussion-based, and we are just looking to better all of us. Everything is done for the benefit of all of the members, not some of them. And that's where we're that's we try to keep that what well, we are. That is our mantra, you know, an official mantra that it's you know literally one for all. So and all for one, you know, is quotes of three musketeers but <laughs> i love it i love it thanks i'm a totalitarian so everything you say <laughs> i stopped listening to you i was gonna say none of that applies to you and i've had a lot of conversations you absolutely know that it's hard for me to turn over control to anybody because we're very similar personality types yes, and yeah. uh and i think that's one of the reasons we get along so well <laughs> but <laughs> uh you know and uh yeah it's just Right. It's 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 it is refreshing though sometimes to step back and say, Okay, I'm not the only voice here, you know, or Chris isn't the only voice or you know, or Danny. So we that and you know, it's just it's I like to see us just it's just about growing. That's all. And and uh we're not trying to be image again, we're not trying to beat anybody else that is they may view us as competition. We don't view anyone as competition because we're not in it to competition, we're in it as a we're a community. This is indie comics. It's a community. It's not a competition. If you view it as such, uh, to the point where you're trying to emulate what someone else is doing instead of trying to grow your own product, that's you know you're just going to fail. I mean, that's just the, you know that's just you can look at you know we all know five or six creators that that's happened to. I'm sure, and just because the community is small, and uh, but yeah, so we we do you know we definitely just try to be that way. I also think that one thing that you didn't highlight, but it's it's very true. And again, we've we've known each other as we kind of came up in this indie thing. Um, finding your actual group. Um, right. A lot of the a lot of the groups, like Brett mentioned, that that have these things and, and go into them, they just find like the first five or six people that they connect with, right? Like you and I are really great friends, but did we go into business together? No. But do we yeah. consult each other about business? One hundred percent, right? Um, so yep. I think that a lot of these groups will just the first five people they meet, they're like, we're going to make a new universe and we're going to have 400 characters and we're going to do and we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And those aren't really the people that you're going to connect with. Uh, my personal history of of having worked with two or three different groups of people is, is it's, it's public knowledge, right? And that doesn't mean that those groups are bad or I'm bad. It just means that you have to find that correct mix You're in bad. order for everyone to grow. Well, I am bad, but that's a whole different <laughs> fucking subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, no, and you're right. And and I think that what you you did, right, you just don't jump, I hate this fact, you don't jump into bed with the first couple people that or have 
semi-similar views as you. You don't do that. And uh, and like I said, we were lucky. It was organic, and you know there were some bumps, and you know we had a, you know we had a, you know let some folks go, and for because they didn't share that community mindset that we're trying to do. And um, but yeah, it's just you can't just be like, hey. Wow, you like my book? I like your book too. Let's start a let's start a company. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, I, I don't know. But you see it every day. I'm about to say, you do see it, it every you day. See it a lot. You see yeah. it a lot. It took a long time for like us guys to kind of mitigate together and just decide that it's more than just a place where we shared ideas and bounce things off there. It, it took a while to, to grow into you know what it's becoming. So yeah, now I hear you. And, uh, that's really the struggle, struggle right it is a struggle and you just gotta you just you just gotta wade through it and you just gotta understand that uh that i don't view it as a competition i don't look at you know your books brian i don't like your books versus my books i don't do that because i think the community is vast enough it's small yes vast mm -hmm. enough that there is a piece for everyone, like Jerry just said, everyone can eat. There is yeah. a piece for everybody at this table without you having to bite the hand of the person sitting next to you. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh some people don't get they just don't get that shit. They just don't. And uh, you know, you know, whatever. So I'm just waiting for you know a convictor clone to show up at some point. It's gonna happen, all right. I mean it's just <laughs> I think I mean, it really did happen. Yeah, I was like, it yeah. like, yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. Are you sure? It, it was it? I, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I remember right, that. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, hey, dude, that kid, he sends me a thing. He's like, uh, oh, oh, you're the owner? I'm like, yeah, you followed me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't know you owned it. I was like, what part do you didn't get where it says created by under my bio? <laughs> yeah, it's like, nice try, bro. Oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it's just whatever. People, so, people are weird. When are we going to get that uh, Convictor versus Caliber and Ashcan? I mean, because it's, I mean, it's it's only two years out. And I mean, we talked about it a while ago. Yeah, you want to be, well, so now you got it. I well, that's funny. I, I got it. I got. I meant it. I'm going to talk to you about it live right now. Hell with it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you guys had that other um, that other indie comics dispatch brawl that was uh, omen verse caliber from homebrewed right mm -hmm. yeah so they took that story and they're making it they into did. uh into like a uh, like a mini comic mm -hmm. and i said i said to him like listen i said to chris i said if there's anybody that needs this as a mini comic it's brian and i, <laughs> I said, because... and that that i mean just the way brian wrote that i was like that and that was early on into, you know, you, 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 you called me, you, you really picked my brain a bit about the convictor and, you know, this, you know, where he inhabits and you were really, really thorough on that. And you wrote that I had no issues with what you wrote, you know what I mean? Cause as a creator, sometimes somebody writing your, you know, something about your character, you know, it, right. Where you it can get kind of get a little, you know, a little hairy sometimes or, you know, whatever. And, it was good. It was really good. And it was so good. It needs to be a mini comic. <laughs> and, and it needs to, and I like how it's open ended. And I just really want, I just really, I just really want like the way you had written at the end. I want them to be like a what's up moment. You know what I mean? Like after the end, just staring at each other, like, all right, next time, bro. You know, like, no. you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, bro. And you know, you know how much I value your opinion because obviously, 
I, we talked about future going on. You've obviously, you know, there's some really awesome cameos in Nightfall. Um, and going forward, when, you know, I'm my story grows more, and I've actually, like, Brian will be writing a particular part of it, which will feature a uh it'll feature a cameo from a particular angel and uh and so and brian will brian will be uh he will be penning that part so it's pretty cool because it's pretty cool to have confidence in somebody and in a friendship that you i trust you know what i mean if he offered and i had no hesitation i was like absolutely I like badass. that you're having Angel from the X Men in your books. That's really cool. yes, of course. Yeah. He's the best. Right. Well, yeah, he's the Warrington the third. I, said, I, I did say a particular Angel. I didn't say the Angel. So I did. Yeah, yeah I did say that. Okay, I, a particular Angel with really badass pistols. Okay, and he just happens to turn into a lion. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I don't know if it down at all, but <laughs> that's um, I think but, another yeah. thing that we don't talk about. Well, it hasn't been talked. You and I, and I forget sometimes that you and I talk about stuff, Jason. But could you tell the audience, the people out there, Brad? I mean, Jerry probably knows, but the people who don't know Dan, anybody, right? That Convictor has some pretty deep lore, and some that you can let go, and some of it's spoilers. But can yeah. you get into a little bit more about? about the character himself yeah. as opposed to I like, actually the story. can because because of resurgence now because I'm I'm the type that I keep uh things very close to my chest. I want my character to be mysterious. So you know I've got a lot of feedback from Hunter's Moon that people are like, well you didn't tell us Quentin was one of them. I didn't know a lot about the character. I'm like that's intentional. That's literally 100 percent intentional. Like I want bits and just I like breadcrumbs. Because I, I want to keep bringing somebody act throughout the series. Because Convictor has a very limited arc. He's not a character I'm going to make 100 books of. He's got about 13 books that I have planned. And that's it. He's done. And because I have many other, I have other characters that I want to explore. Uh, and so the Convictor story has always been finite. It always has a beginning and an end. You know? And he, uh, you know, so I, I was, you know, I was waiting and I didn't leave the Hunter's Moon gave a little bit Hunter's Moon. My goal for Hunter's Moon was to show that he was an individual that then I can say it now. And it hasn't really that he was gifted with unbreakable will for whatever reason. I can't say yet, but it's he has he's not superhuman, but his willpower is. Um, so like I always say for my for the convictor, it's his greatest weak, the greatest strength and his greatest weakness. Yeah, because he will literally die before his will breaks. And um, so I, uh, so I, breadcrumbs, right? Breadcrumbs. And so in this next book, in Resurgence, I elaborated more because uh, in, in Hunter's Moon, there was just a little blurb where suddenly someone spoke to him uh, because he was in dire circumstance that if there wasn't an intervention, he literally would have died in that book. And uh, because his, because of what I mentioned before. This book explores that more. Uh, there's more of that dialogue. And it is, it's, a, I, it, we call her the she, um, but she's a goddess. She's a primordial goddess and uh, an, an ancient god uh, herself. And she was originally banished from this earth. And she was able to get a, she's a goddess of retribution, a riot called Vengeful Fate. Like she is, it's kind of like she's very order based. And so for her, things are black and white. You're bad. You reach a certain level of 
where you we where we use the term irredeemable. You reach a certain level where you are not able to redeem yourself. She sends, she would have done it herself. Obviously, she's no longer here. She sends one of her avatars, one of her proxies, to purge you because she wants a clean earth for when she comes back. That's what she wants, right? So we we explore a lot more of that in research. You hear her talk a lot more. You she drops a lot of knowledge that she was once walked this planet. You know, and that men are all, you know, men are still vile and evil and, you know, all the things that she's seeing through the convictor. Convictor knows nothing about it. The convictor is still at this point. He has no idea this person talks. There is no connect. He doesn't. It's subconscious at best. She influences his actions, you know, um, which you'll see in this book. Uh, But it's subconscious, right? So what ends up happening was he's an avatar. Unwittingly, he's an avatar. He, you know, he, what originally happened to him, he was an orphan. He was raised in the system of Gut City. He, you know, was at 18, he was kicked out of the system. He enlisted in the military. Enlisted in the military. And because of his will and his, you know, determination to how he is, he became an excellent soldier. Uh, so much where he rose up through the ranks of the, you know, the Ranger program and became a special operations soldier with the U.S. Army. And he was, because he was so good, he was given this prototype suit to go and test out in the field. Like this nanite-infused suit was they're going to go out there. And if it became a successful trial run, they were going to mass produce for all special operations forces. You know, So the suit's main goal is to help the operator, the wearer, survive. It's always learning. It's always adapting. That's what it does. Uh, so long story short. Just perfect convictor. Everyone gets killed in his fire team. His first mission out, he gets attacked by a, by you know, on the mountain in the mountains of uh, Afghanistan, China border. He gets uh, attacked by a rogue terrorist ninja cell. Yes, those are too in Afghanistan apparently. Uh, <laughs> so the Spider Clan, and uh, he is his team is saved. He's able to survive the onslaught and do very well because of the suit and because of his willpower. But he is a soldier. He's not very martial art prowess doesn't know about swords and all this stuff. So once the weapons run out, so there's, it was a really bad time for him. He was saved by a, this spider is enemy spider clan has a, a, another spider, another spider, another ninja clan. That is their, uh, uh, their counter, you know, they're, they're, they're called the, uh, Karasu protectors. They're the Raven clan. And, uh, they actually were tracking the spider clan. They saved him. They saved him, brought him to Japan for rehabilitation. He stayed there. Government thinks he's killed I killed in action, thinks the suit's gone. Convictor stays there, finds a family, right? That's the whole story. Because it man it was a man, has a lot of hardship in his life. He finally found an adopted father in his family. He married within uh, a fellow warrior in his family. You know, and so he found a home. He said, you know what? The government thinks I'm dead. I'm gonna stay here. Spider Clan comes back for revenge because they then so because they realized that he wasn't dead and you know, all this, you know, all that awesome. You know, revenge stuff, right? So they murder everybody. Again, he loses everyone. He lost his brothers in the military, you know, his team, and now he loses everyone, his wife, his father figure, everything. And then at that point, he's once again left alone. So what he does, if I'm getting long-winded, just tell me. <laughs> so so oh what God. he does is, I mean, this is 38 years of story. <laughs> <laughs> so, do it in uh, five minutes hurry it up hurry it up yeah there's people like elevator pitch i'm like uh is it like a 40-story building because that's like so um so i i was like you know so he's 
lost everything and so he did this ritual that he had knew about through he was that he trained in this clan it was a they call it the shinyan it's a mindset ritual it's something a ninja warrior would do that would he knows he's going on a suicide mission you know so it puts his mind in a particular way where it's tunnel vision the mission is all that matters and if he uh and he's going to perish you know it's just you just one of those things and and you know it dulls the pain all these kind of things so he does this he didn't know he didn't know the whole the ritual he just knew about it he half-assed it and it opened him up to this the she to the goddess because then she was able to realize that there's somebody here that is perfect because of his will is his because of his war fighting and his martial arts prowess and he has this will that will not quit he would be the perfect avatar so she attaches himself to him he has no idea he goes on to the spider clan compound kills them all expecting to die in it but he does not and he has this this whereas now he wants now he has this urge to kill more people that not do to purge more to take evil out of the world right so he the most evil place he knows is where he grew up which is gut city so he goes back to gut city solely as a convictor he has no civilian identity you know what i mean and he doesn't even realize he does the things he does sometimes i mean the man literally lives in the sewers like a ninja turtle that's mm-hmm. intentional and uh so you know and so that's kind of the lore and he is there's a lot more i think brian was talking about like his costume his costume is very specific for reasons uh his mask is very specific his mask is literally it looks like a skull in a bit but if you really look at it, i'm gonna drop this here because i but if you really look at it it's an ascending raven it is uh it has a particular if you look at it it's literally a bird in flight up um and that is symbolic to the family that he lost in his clan is symbolic and and uh and so a lot of his weaponry is, you know, kind of shaped like that. And, you know, his bladed weapon he carries was his wife's weapon, you know, and his sword handle is wrapped in his, in his wife's uh, wedding dress, you know, so it's, it's pretty deep. It gets like once, and again, I'm dropping it out here, I know, but there's breadcrumbs, but it gets, when you get to his origin book, because I wasn't doing an origin book first, I don't, I, re- I think those are silly. You know, I try not, me personally, I try not to do those. I try to just leave it and then want people to understand, wow, how did this guy get this way? Here's an origin. You know, how many Batman origin stories have we seen on uh, on the yeah. big screen, right? You know, and uh, I mean, I think by now we all know Superman comes from Krypton, right? <laughs> okay, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I wanted, I wanted to wait for that later. And so his, so he's got, he's got a lot going on as a character and it's all going to come to a head uh, eventually. And uh and he is able to manipulate darkness. He thinks it's the nanotechnology in his suit. It is not. It is the goddess's influence because she can manipulate shadow. It said, it, you know, the room, the the lore that we're building in my in universe. It says that her children, if you will, her avatars are able to manipulate shadows and move the shadows. And there's in this new book, Resurgence, he's actually does this. He creates a wall of what we call it, we call it a... Uh, don't don't uh, give him everything. Don't get me wrong, I love it, right? 
but don't give them yeah. everything. Okay. And I'm only saying that because I read the book. You're right. Uh, okay. So, so anyway, he, 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 he's really cool. He's, he's able to do some, <laughs> do some stuff and he's unaware that he could do it. He thinks it's the technology in his suit, but his, his technology in his suit going forward is kind of became a techno magic kind of thing because of this guy as his influence. And uh, so, yeah, he's uh, he's got a lot of lore behind him. It's going to develop more. Um, my first goal with Hunter's Moon was the show that Convictor, I just had this conversation with Chris today, and Chris summed it up perfectly. Chris, Michael, he said, in Hunter's Moon, relax, relax. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you watched any of my lives? I give away plenty. <laughs> so, uh, um, he... Chris said in Hunter's Moon, you showed that he is a form convicted as a formal opponent, but he is not superhuman. He was matched up versus a superhuman being in a werewolf and got his ass handed to him for three quarters of that book. That was the whole book was the show. He's the energized bunny. You could take it, you know, he's the door. You could take a lick and keep on taking that's that was him. And this book is the show that when he's like Chris said, when he's fighting normal humans, he is superhuman in, in the sense that he is a uh, somebody that read the book, gave me feedback and said that the convictor in this newer book shows that he is a wall of force that when he, when he's in a predatory type of mode, he's damn near hard to beat uh, mm-hmm. because he's been, you know, he's brutal, he's efficient and, uh, and he's got a mean streak a mile wide. Uh, so that's yeah. So I'm I wanted to show these different parts of his aspect uh, of his personality. And if you looked at Hunter's Moon and you had Resurgence, you can see some of these panels reflect each other. Stuff that was done to the Convictor in Hunter's Moon by the Wolfman, he does. Like case in point, I I won't. He lays down a lot of punches on the Wolfman because he runs out of ammunition. He realizes the bullets aren't working. He realizes the sword didn't work. He wears none of this stuff works. So he said, "Well, I guess I'm going." going fisticuff so he rushes him and starts laying i mean blaze a really hard beating on the wolfman that doesn't do anything <laughs> literally nothing but get him get his ass beat because <laughs> so i uh, get his ass beat harder and more so this book still name similarity convictor does a similar thing and he decimates the person you know so i i wanted to show those parallels because you know i i don't tote him as the baddest mf going i don't do that because I, he's very human to me he is very he's very flawed and he has a lot of uh you know he's a lot of things that can be exploited but he is the baddest mf in gut city for sure and so well maybe not now <laughs> i just gonna say with our villain that debuted but yeah so you know i i just talk and talk and talk <laughs> i, I love, love the it. Talk. i love the deep lore though i love it i i man it's because i got 38 years of it i yeah. just constantly refining i think constantly that's awesome yeah. like it's crazy it's it's a lot to carry sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so we we but, are we are over an hour um but yeah. i want to i want to get you to give because you've been carrying this character for 38 years yep. you you yep. more recently got into producing it for real um yep. like in a published form what's your right. best tip to somebody who can it's kind of in a similar situation they they have this character they've been carrying it they want to do something with it what advice would you give that person uh, I can, you know, I just was at a comic con with Jerry from E4 Comics uh, not a couple weeks ago, and I heard this little kid. He's, I think he was ten years old, and he was uh, his dad was like, 
he was talking to the across the way from us and uh he was actually talking to keith williams who drew the phantom of you guys know keith right and uh, he's talking to keith and he's talking to him and the kid's like yeah i'm drawing and you know sometimes it's really hard and you know you know the, all the stuff that you go through because you don't think you're ever going to do anything at 10 years old so i get up and walked over to him i said listen look at me i'm 50 years old i'm old as hell and i took about 20 plus years off because i raised the family it was something i did as a kid whatever never left my mind but just whatever i said don't quit do not quit i said just keep doing it don't give up on it and never step away from it for longer than a few months and i gave him uh i was like here here's your proof i gave him a copy of uh of hunter's moon i said this should show you you don't give up i made this when i was 48 years old you know i said so don't stop and that kid his eyes lit up and he was like really i can have this i'm like yes i want you to use this as motivation and keith was like man that's the coolest thing i ever seen i'm like no i said i didn't want somebody would have done that for me i probably wouldn't quit you know mm -hmm. and but you just you know you're busy you're like i got a family now i have a job i just and all this stuff i just can't do it so my biggest piece of advice is if it's your dream don't let go of it you know and i i still you know i look over here and i have like two books to my name now when i always thought i was going to do one and i didn't think i was going to do that and now like 12 year old me is elated you know because <laughs> this is he said one day i'm going to make a real comic and one day people are going to know who my character is and someone and I'm, it's going to be in a comic book shop or whatever and people are going to want to read it and are going to recognize the name and it blew my it just it just blew my mind that it took me that long to do it and i did it and it's still surreal to me a little bit and um so i want this you know i want this little this little man to know that hey dude like don't you you can do it like just don't take because i suffered that 20 year layoff really my art suffered you know i just could imagine what i would have created if i just would have kept at it um but you know everything happens for a reason it is what it is you know i'm very much view life as such and so yeah i my my job is most or my my opinion sorry is most certainly that do not give up on yourself things get tough learn your craft learn the basics of your craft man because lord knows i see a lot of that where people are like i can draw i'm like yeah but you need to crack open an anatomy book you know yeah you know, you're right yeah. you we've all seen them right i mean yep. yeah it's like you need to really learn I, everybody wants to be an artist first instead of learning the craft they <laughs> want to have a book instead of being an artist they're not <laughs> one so in the right. same <laughs> yeah they are literally not one in the same no nope. i mean that's those years before i made hunter's moon i was just drawing and posting pictures of convictor just trying to get some level of where i where i wanted to be back I retaught myself anatomy. I retaught perspective, which I hate perspective. Uh, you know, I shading and inking and all. I mean, just that's just the basics. And so, yeah, definitely piece of advice. If you got an OC, that's awesome. If you always want to make a comic, don't give up on it ever. Uh, but if you want people to be invested in your character, you have to invest in your character. And, uh, and like I said, the, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got uh, was if you want people to be passionate about your character, you have to be passionate about it. 
Do you mm-hmm. want them to care about it because you care about it? Then they can invest the time in the character. Mm-hmm. And that's huge because you can see where some people, you, uh, <laughs> no, you're never too old. No way, Brad, nope. do it. Do it. Come on. Yeah, you definitely do. Like I, like I said, I now I, I got a fire under my ass because I'm 50 and I don't want to be dead before my books are done. <laughs> so, so now I'm all worried, right? So I, I was like, oh my god, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta really get cracking on this. Um, but yeah, I just don't give up on it. Learn your craft. Be passionate when you speak about your character because the convictor's early success for my first campaign was solely because, from what I've been told because people cared about because i cared about i talked Mm -hmm. about it i was passionate every time i talked about it and and i still am he just he means a lot to me and uh you know so i yeah definitely most definitely don't give up be passionate learn your craft i love that you have to care about your character for other people to care about your character because brian and i have had discussions recently about it no names a particular creator who only ever posts negative stuff about their own character or posts about it in a very negative way to draw attention to stuff and like who's going to care about that if all you're ever doing is bringing it up in in a negative way like i don't know but creators get stuck in that cycle sometimes yeah I was, you know, people told me it's because I was doing these lives and I would just do convicted lives. I would just talk about the convictor. Mm-hmm. I had, they'd ask questions. I'd just do them on Instagram and I just start blah, 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 just like I'm blabbing now. And I would do it and people really gravitate towards it. Like I didn't think anybody would give two shits about a character <laughs> that I made. You know what I mean? It still blows no, my yeah. mind that, that people were like, I just, it's still just unreal to me. You know, it just, it's still, and it keeps me, I it try, I, Use it to keep me humble, you know, because I, at the end of the day, I have to remember that the only person who cared about this character was me, you know, from the get, from the get, you know, and and now people, you know, I, hey, he has a following. He like, I, I, if he's again, this is not toot my horn, but if he's people hear the name more than they have, it's mentioned. Most people will recognize the name, mm-hmm. uh, or at least have heard something about it, right? And uh, so that's that's. Never thought I'd be anywhere near that. Like that's crazy to me. <laughs> and I was just a kid drawing this shit in a notebook, man. You know, <laughs> but it's crazy. That's awesome, Brian. You got anything to add before we let Jason plug where people can find him and follow him and buy his books? I think Jason has actually covered it all, man. And I, he I just really, talk I love that. talking to this guy, man. So you know, it's all, it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we're. He's my dude. He knows it. <laughs> well jason let everybody know where they can find you where they can follow you yeah. how can they support you all yeah. the things uh well i uh, i think the best place you can find me is uh instagram you know, i have about 500 of them uh <laughs> <laughs> you, no, you can get me at, uh, uh instagram the convictor um convictor you know or you just type in convictor comics it'll pop up that's me that's my main profile uh, you can also get me uh, right here at Farris Creative Studios on Instagram or uh, convictorcomics.com uh, or farriscreativestudios.com. <laughs> All the dot coms. Uh, you can find me there. Uh, also, we have a YouTube channel, uh, Farris Creative Studios on YouTube. You can find us there too. So, and I'm, you know, I'm one of those guys. I'm not bigger than my fan base. Uh, so, if you follow me, I follow back. I'm not, I don't try to, I don't want to be that guy. So, I try to I try to be very approachable and and real, you know. And uh, sometimes it's bad that I'm real, but <laughs> 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 so, it's just this, you know, right? And 
yeah, so that's the best places everyone can find me. You can find me on Facebook too, but I don't get a lot of traffic on Facebook. But you know, you can find the convictor on Facebook as well. So that's really cool. That's really cool. Everybody go follow Jason if you don't already. If you're listening on the podcast version, look him up when you're done listening. Um, you won't regret it. Again, you could scroll back um to the beginning of his feed on the convictor because it's awesome kind of scrolling through and seeing your progress with the character and just seeing it all kind of develop, like you said. Right. Um, at the end here, I do want to give another shout out to our sponsor, Comics Wellspring. Uh, you can check them out at comicswellspring.com. Um, they're, they're good guys. Check them out. Even yeah. if you don't print yeah. with them, there's all sorts of great resources there for creators. Too. Uh, Dennis, yeah. Dennis just, Dennis printed with them, I believe. Really? Special night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so everybody we'll be back in another couple of weeks. Uh, bro, I think the next time we're back. Are you? I think Brian's flying solo. I then I think I'm solo. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, fear, fear. Oh. Not for me, but for everybody out there. Be, be afraid. <laughs> It'll be Listen, the best watch show. It'll be you like already know what time. I talked about. That yeah, I, Brian and I was like, I said, Brian, we need we need a show together. It's what's right. it called? Brian hates right. everything, and Jason is petty. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like Just it. Wall, wow. wall talking. <laughs> If you need a platform, um, uh, guys, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening on the Thanks, podcast Brett. after Appreciate the fact. Brian, Jason, you. yes, thank you for being here, man. Thank you for um, no, talking awesome. with us. It was a great, great Absolutely. time. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Peace. Why are you still listening? It's the end of the podcast. But since you listened to the whole thing, since you're still here at the end, as this podcast ends, as you exit out of the episode, why don't you give us a rating? And if you're not following or subscribing to us yet, go ahead and do that too. As I said at the beginning of the show, it helps a lot and you'll be doing the dispatch a big favor.